hit me. Hi, and welcome to the VR Gaming Podcast, a podcast and commentary about VR gaming, VR news, VR hardware, and VR reviews. I'm your host, Nick Lane. It is Monday, March 23rd, and uh, it's uh, in some ways it's a very exciting day, and in other ways it's a very trying time. So I'm um, not going to do a lot of news as I normally do. This is going to be a more review heavy episode. Um, even though this is dropping on the day that Half-Life Alex is coming out, um, I'm recording this at, well, right now the start time is 11.25 a.m., and Half-Life Alex drops at 1 p.m. today, um, Eastern Standard Time. I'm in Buffalo, New York, so I'm trying to squeeze in a podcast before that drops because I'm going to be consumed with Half-Life Alex, and I'm very excited. Um, so that review will be forthcoming probably in a week. Um, we'll probably have an episode dedicated to just that review. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to be review- reviewing the following games, which is Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, The Forest VR, and Echo Arena VR. So some of those games came out a few years ago, uh, but I've been getting into them, and I thought it would be good to highlight that. So normally, this is the point where I do the news in VR gaming. However, I'm not excited or motivated for that right now because... Um, we're going through a worldwide crisis, a worldwide pandemic, and I kind of struggled on how I would uh, w- would would do a normal podcast at this time because it's it's you can't ignore it, you cannot not talk about it. It'd be weird. It would be sort of tone deaf to carry on and and pretend that life is normal and that you know in some ways the house is not on fire, right? Um, and not to try to bum anybody out because uh, I think there's a lot of that going around and justifiably so, but you need to talk about the context of the situation. You have this very exciting day in VR gaming, maybe the most exciting day in VR gaming other than maybe uh, uh, VR being released or a VR consumer headset with a game that people have been waiting for. For I mean, I people say maybe 2007. I say 2004 because that's when I played Half-Life 2. I uh, I took a day off from work back in 2004 when I was in grad school, and I'm taking a day off from work um, to play the Half-Life Alex VR. So this is uh, this is something that a day that it's it's I'm surprised it's here, right? We've been waited so long, and there's a lot of excitement. However, um, there's a lot of bad things going on with the coronavirus, and um, I'm as I mentioned, I'm in Buffalo, New York. I've been working from home since last Monday. And it's been tough. If uh, unless you're living under a rock, if you've been paying attention to the news, things are are are, are pretty terrible. Um, not only are uh, folks in my state, you know, we've been ordered not to go to work, and uh, we're doing social distancing, which is smart. Everyone should be doing that. Um, but it's this. It's, it's you kind of check the news, and uh, every day the you, you see worse and worse things. Um, you know, there's there's the economy which could collapse. Um, my work has slowed down. Thankfully, I can I can work from home, but I have to wonder what's going to go on with that. You see, uh, at least I have family. I'm um, not family, but friends who own small businesses, and you uh, you see what's happening to them in like the restaurant industry, uh, and then you worry about your yourself or your loved ones getting sick. So, um, 
they have to kind of at least vocalize that and address the elephant in the room. I know that obviously I've been following this virus for you know weeks now, like probably most people have, and I'm not surprised that we're at this moment right now, although it's surreal and you never think that's going to happen, even though you know a pandemic's a, a real possibility, right? And it's a matter of time. Um, I know that after a couple of days of working from home and everything sinking in and becoming real, uh, I, I kind of fell into a funk. I'm not somebody who's prone to depression or anxiety or whatever you want to call it, but um, I, I, I can just feel it. I can I can just, this this new normal we're living in, what's happening when you read people's social media um, posts on Facebook and maybe how they're suffering or the uncertainty of everything. And, and it's tough, and I'm not immune to that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person, so I, I think that was a very normal reaction. And I, I, I guess you could say I've pulled out of it, thankfully, um, but it's going to be a tough, trying time. So um, m- my sympathy goes out there for everybody else who is dealing with this, which is everybody at this point, right? So just wanted to uh, show some authenticity and some humanism and, and, and acknowledge that because the, to be talking about gaming at this point, gaming is, is and especially VR gaming, it's a luxury, right? It's uh, We're in a smaller percentage of people who uh, are fortunate enough to have this kind of disposable income to buy higher-end gaming systems. Even even though the Quest is, is something that could be affordable, um, it's, still, it's still a luxury item, right? Um, to have the time to be gaming and, and to do this. So I'm, uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to, in a couple hours, be playing a game I've been winning for forever, and I don't take that lightly. I'm very grateful. Um, and the nice thing is, um, well, it, it's a little weird to be talking about gaming, and I don't want to pretend like things are business as, as usual. But at the same time, on the flip side, let's go to a little bit of the positive. This just highlights what gaming is and what gaming can be, um, especially during a tough time like this. So I'm locked down in, in my house and, and rightfully so social distancing. We don't know how long that's going to last. It could be months. It could go into the fall. It could be one month or two months. I, I don't know. Nobody really knows. Right. Um, but thankfully we have gaming. Um, I've been playing video games with my, uh, friends and family last week and not that I normally don't do that, but I've been, been doing that even more actively. Um, I've been playing some VR games, uh, with friends and in a couple hours I'm able to escape into, uh, what's probably going to be the best VR game of all time, uh, at least currently into a game that uh, we've been looking forward to for a long time. So that's going to be a nice escape. And I, when I say escape, I'm not talking about, um, putting one's head into the sand, right. And pretending the uh, world is not on fire. Uh, I, I think, People who are social distancing and are at home and doing the right steps right now, they're realistic about what's going on. Um, and we're doing everything we can. So I'm doing everything I can. So it's a nice escape from from that, right? I'm not, not lost touch with reality, but I'm able to take a break and hit pause and head into VR, which I think is, is a really good thing. I think that is things like that, gaming can certainly help us get through a time of being locked up so you kind of don't start losing your mind. I know I'm going to miss seeing my friends in person. Uh, pinball is a passion of mine, and pinball, a lot of, most of the time, pinball to me means getting together with other people and playing in tournaments or doing live streams and things like that. That's on hold, so I'm not going to see friends for, for quite some time. Um, but I can still connect with friends via gaming. As a matter of fact, on our Twitch channel for Buffalo Pinball, 
Um, normally on every Thursday, we do a show called Bro, Do You Even Pinball? You can find that on YouTube. I think you might enjoy it. Um, it's a live show where we play real pinball. Well, we couldn't do that. We couldn't get together. So uh, we played uh, Zachariah Pinball, uh, Zachariah VR. And I got to do that with my, my, my good friend Kevin and uh, some other, other uh, folks who stream on our channel, uh, Rudy Soup and Skip Natty. So um, you can check that out. It's Again, that's on our YouTube channel. But I, I was just really grateful at that moment in time that I can slip on a VR headset, hear my friends' voices, and you know feel like I'm playing pinball with them, even though we're not in the same room. So again, very, very grateful. Um, it's just another kind of plus bullet point for gaming and what gaming can do and what gaming can mean in our lives. So I, I'm i not lost sight of that. I my, my background is philosophy. That's not what I do as a job, but I've got a master's in it. So I, I, I kind of think about these things and I kind of put things in perspective. Um, so just very grateful uh, for that. So what I wanted to do with this episode is, number one, I've been playing a bunch of games that I want to highlight and review. That's why I wanted to go review heavy for this episode because, let's face it, we're going to have a lot of time on our hands, and uh, what a great time to get to games maybe that we didn't have time for, or after you complete Half-Life Alex, you're going to be hungry for more. So I like to highlight some games that I thought were, were really good and talk about why those games are really good and go through that so that uh, we, can, uh, we can kind of get through this together. All right, the first game for this review is going to be The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. This game is been released by Skydance Interactive on January 23rd of this year, 2020, and it retails for $39.99. As a matter of fact, I think right now it's on sale for maybe like $35. There's a slight discount I noticed on Steam today. So um, yeah, check it out if you haven't already. And this game was obviously really popular in the last couple months because it was uh, it was a big release. You know, anytime you get a $40 game that uh, looks AAA, dare I say, or you know, maybe double a plus uh it's going to garner a lot of attention and it's also a game that um i was able to complete in 15 hours so that seems to be the average play time um that people are hitting on it um uh, of course after you beat it the nice thing is that you can keep on playing uh longer there's some end game content which is nice so we've got a meaty game a game that uh arguably triple a or or double a plus i just invented that kind of uh nomenclature uh but that's walking dead saints and sinners so the overview of the game and objective of the game is this is in the Walking Dead universe. You're in New Orleans. It is not based on the TV show. It's based on the comic. It has uh, the art style is if you've ever seen the comic before, which I'm not terribly familiar, but I've, I've seen like the comic art style of, of Walking Dead. That's how the game looks. Um, it, it's sort of like this cell shaded cartoony, but also some realism. It, it's hard for me to describe if you ever play the uh, Telltale series of uh, Walking Dead, then that's that's kind of what you can conjure up. And um, you know uh, the the objective is that you're called the tourist. That's that's your name that we refer to, and you've got to find uh, I think it's called the reserve, which is kind of like this uh, bunker that has all the food and and ammunition, guns, and all that stuff that you can need. And you play through the game by a day. It goes you cycle through days. Um, you can look at this uh, this map and decide where you want to go for the day, and it loads in a level. There's something like I don't know, like eight, let's say eight locations. It loads up a level, and it's not you know this is not like a Skyrim open world kind of thing. You can't walk from one end to the map to get to another end of the map. You're loading in levels, right? And the levels have maybe 
The levels might seem kind of big initially, but there's only a few buildings you can actually go in, but the buildings are detailed. Um, but you have objectives. Some of the games will give you a, a certain objectives, like to get this piece of intel or to get this part. Um, other times what you're doing, and you can kind of do this kind of in free form, you don't have to follow the objectives or the quests. You can just go to a location and you might have gotten alerted that there's a medical cache or, or an ammo cache. And what you're trying to do when you um, going to these levels, other than the objective, is you're, you're collecting parts. So um, not parts, but like scraps or materials for crafting because you need to level yourself up to get better. So better weapons, better guns, um, better like bandages or creating your own medicine, things like that. So you're more powerful because the game does become increasingly difficult. After you do a level, which you're put on a timer, you can look at your wristwatch, um, you have a certain amount of time that you are in a level. Um, and then if you spend too long in the level, the uh, the the walkers, the zombies, they uh, basically somebody like rings a bell and they become numerous and they start to swarm you. I, I always got out of the level before that because I knew that was a bad thing. So it, it it's kind of a nice system because it puts some pressure, puts some stress on the situation where you, 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 you feel that anxiety that the sun's going down. I need to accomplish things during the day before the walkers get really out of hand. All right. I like that. Um, the walkers themselves don't pre, pre, uh, present so much of a challenge, just like in, in the Walking Dead universe, as the humans. So there's two rival factions in the game, and they're fighting each other. And sorry, my there's a little hitching in my uh, in the podcast. Hopefully that wasn't lost. So there's two rival factions in the game, and and uh, how the game was originally presented, I think, in previews of it, is that you can kind of join a faction or win points with that faction. That has since been taken out. It looks like it was an idea explored, and you kind of see remnants in there. But the humans are the biggest threat because they have guns. The guns do more damage. The zombies during the day are manageable. Um, a lot of times what I, what I would do is grab them with one hand and then stab them with like a shiv or a screwdriver or whatever in the other hand and able to manage them. They're not that bad. Uh, but what's cool about the game is that after you do a level and you return back to your home base, you end it or save the game by going to sleep. And then the next morning, you'll get a message saying that supplies have dwindled and the walkers have become more prevalent. So that happens every day. There becomes more walkers, less supplies, harder to find supplies, harder to find medicine to craft, and so on. Uh, the game ramps up in difficulty. So there is a little of a balancing between what you're doing and and uh, what kind of things that you want to craft or unlock. I think a mistake that I made early on is is I was just chasing the objectives, and I was able to get through the game in 15 hours, so it didn't hurt me. But um, on some levels, especially levels where it's it's an objective or quest, and I had to maybe get like a part from like one of the um, um, human camps, uh, I would die a lot. I would struggle or I would be outgunned or I wouldn't have a, a good enough gun to take out people as easily. Here's a pro tip. Get the shotgun, um, the, the, the best shotgun in the game as soon as possible. Start working towards that. I think that's important. Also, perhaps getting uh, medicine unlocked, being able to make your own medicine. I never unlocked that in the game, so it's not super important. But I struggled at times to get medicine and have full health, have a good enough weapon. So there were frustrating times during the game where I would just seemingly die and have to reload or try to approach the level differently through stealth or try this way or try that way. So that was, uh, it was, it, it never got to the point where it was so frustrating that I, I just didn't like the game, but it could be challenging. 
And I think it kind of just rides that ceiling of being too much where it becomes unfun. Um, like I said, you're, you're going to die a bunch. You're going to struggle in some parts. But don't maybe just blindly chase the objectives. Focus on crafting like a, a, the good weapons and, and health and focus on that because what happens early on is that you you have a backpack and that's how you carry um, crafting stuff that you find and your backpack becomes full and you can't carry anything more. Have a plan before you go into a level and go after those things. Stock up on medicine. Have reserves of medicine back at your base so you're not scrambling like me in the later levels and you can't find any medicine and you're hurt and you can't take much damage. Um, focus on getting better weapons, things like that. So focus on crafting. Be conser- be uh, really focused on crafting and you'll make the game easier. Um, because again, I struggled towards the end. There were times when I might, I might play the game for like, I don't know, an hour and I wasn't beating the level. So I almost kind of wasted an hour, quote unquote, because I had to keep on starting over. What I would do at that time is obviously I would take a day or two out from the game, come back, and then I can I can beat it, right? Because I let some time go by. But there is going to be some of that, or most likely there's going to be some of that needing to repeat a section of the game. Okay, so that's the that's the overview and objective. I think I beat the game in, in, in game time. It was like 21 days, um, and, and that's Walking Dead. Overview and objective of the game. So the graphics, we talked about it. It is in the art style of the comic book. Um, it's not, it's not cartoony. It's not uh, super realistic. It's somewhere in between. I think uh, what I was most impressed with was the fact that it, it ran well. I'm running on a 2080. I always kept it at 90 as FPS because that was uh, where I was basically never going into reprojection. Uh, most things were set at high, etc. It looked good. I didn't feel the need to super sample. Um, what I was impressed with was the zombies... They look very. They looked varied enough to me in terms of the way they they they, they looked. Right. I, I never thought once, man. Oh, I've seen this zombie a million times. Maybe that zombie was repeated a lot, but I just I never had that thought. So that's a that's a good sign, right? So I'd say the graphics are good. It's not super horror like. I mean, it's it's a horror thing, but it's cartoony enough that you know I I think what they're going for not just not just the fact that they're copying the um, comic book. Arsal because that's based on the comic book, but I don't think they want to create a game that's going to be um, really super horror, that's super frightening, that people can't play it because they want to make it accessible. And that's the other thing that's worth mentioning. Um, this game, if, if you're thinking about it, oh, I'm scared of horror games. It's not that bad. It's more the atmosphere that something bad might happen that's prevalent. Um, there are a few jump scares, but they're few and far in between. The only real jump scares in the game is that the game does something kind of, I don't know, weird, but like when zombies are by doors, like let's say you're in a house and there's a zombie on the other side of the door, the zombies just seem to kind of shatter and bust through the doors. That happens a few times and, you know, I, I screamed a couple times, but overall it's it, it could have probably been more scary, right? It could have probably been a little more tense given the nature of the game, um, but it, it, it shouldn't prevent anybody from playing. It's not that bad. All right, the sound of the game, I, I found the sound of the game to be pretty good. The voice acting was was great. There was never a part where I thought the voice acting was cheesy. They obviously hired professional voice actors, um, which is something that you don't see often in, in VR games at this point. So kudos to them. The weapon sounds were great, uh, the, the thuds. Um, the music, uh, music, I didn't, the music kind of is low level in the background. It, it's good. It's kind of a good balance. It doesn't interfere with the game at all. Um I, I don't know. There, there's there's cues that the game uses to let you know when there's a zombie around, and there's another cue that lets you know that like a zombie 
um, is alerted to you and is coming at you. Uh, obviously, the zombie noises are, are good. So good sound in the game. Uh, there's probably points that the sound could have been a little more creepy. I've played other horror games where the sound was just so phenomenal that that just added this huge element to um, the tenseness or putting you on edge. It doesn't do it as heavy-handed as probably could. It probably could ramp it up a little bit more, but but certainly good sound. Uh, the controls are where this game really shines. I thought it was great using the index controllers. Um, they're... The game was made with the index in mind. I mean, use, this game is playable on all headsets, but certainly gripping things, holding things, um, you know, it takes advantage of the index controllers. And this is also where we talk about the, um, this bleeds into immersion, but um, this game has physics in there. And I thought this is, this is a game that has the best implementation of physics. Things just felt good. Weapons have weight. Um, you know, swinging like an axe, you need two hands. But it wasn't, some, I think some games where they try to do physics, they, they almost lose the fun factor in it. That's not the case with this. I loved, and, and this is something you do a lot, I loved holding a zombie with one hand to keep them at bay and then taking my shiv or my, or my knife and then just jamming it into their skull. I know, you sound like a psycho saying that. And then having to use force to pull it out. It just felt so real. I I can feel my muscles contracting as I do that. Um, this company, Skydance Interactive, nailed physics in VR to a point where it felt real, it felt good, uh, but they didn't lose the fun factor, which there's a danger of that when you get to realism. So they have set the absolute new bar in terms of what you need physics to be in a video game. So kudos to them. Kudos again. That This is what makes this game so good. They absolutely nailed it. Uh, good on them. The guns, I, I would say having gun ha- having a gun have weight felt a little weird. Sort of the pistol. Um, I never got really good at the pistol. I was never really confident with the pistol. Again, um, this game is good in realism to an extent. Like Just because you have a pistol doesn't mean you can run into a, um, one of the faction, one of the human factions and start just shooting everybody. You're, you're going to die really quickly. You're lucky if you take out a few people. Um Sometimes the pistol kind of moved at a weird angle, felt a little weird. There's there's some there's some weight to it. Um, so it's not like playing Pavlov, right, where you can just go in and you're like some assassin taking everybody out. That's the realism into it. Um, you need to get like the the shotgun, and that's when you become a real terror. But um, just a really good uh, game, really good level of immersion, uh, real real tense, good sound, good graphics, good controls of gripping and grabbing things with the uh, index knuckle. The index controllers. Um, this that's like an A plus in this game. This is where the new bar is. So last ability, you can get 15 hours at least out of this game. Plus, you can keep on going um, after you beat the game. You can keep on going business as usual, just um, crafting and getting supplies or unlocking more stuff. I didn't unlock all the crafting stuff. There's some hidden crafting stuff that you have to kind of find. I there's probably maybe buildings I didn't even go into in the game or need to go into, so I can go back and, and check that out. Um, and it's nice. It's going to be nice to hop back into that game. I haven't since I, I beat it last week, but I know it's there, and I know I'm going to um, definitely go back into that universe and see what more I can get out of that game. So out of uh, let's go to our rating system. So uh, 0 to 2 is a don't wish this game on your worst enemy. Uh, 3 to 5 is we all make mistakes. A 6 to 8 is a solid game, and a 9 to 10 is a buy it. This game is definitely a 9. It's Why is it not a 10? I don't know. I mean, maybe it could have multiplayer, right? I think I, I think that there's room in this game 
for Walking Dead Saints and Sinners 2. They'd be crazy not to do it because this game has gotten very positive reviews. It's a lot of fun. They've got the game engine built. I think the next evolution is you know, adding, adding a multiplayer element. I think making this a little bit bigger, maybe making it have a more real open wheel, open world feeling to it would be better. Maybe actually having in the uh, building alliances with the faction like they kind of originally intended. I think this can be built out a little bit more. Um, you know, there, there's some interaction with NPCs that aren't part of the faction. They might have you do some quests. The quests were a little light. When I say quests, this is a very light quest game. There, there's, there's quests in there, but you don't have a, like this quest book where you have like 10 quests at a time. It's nothing like that. You might have one or two at the most. So that can be built up. But it's hard to fault this game because it's just easily one of the best VR games out there um, right now. Got to be top three on everybody's list just in terms of quality and fun and, and what you get for the price. So highly recommend. That's Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. All right, moving on to uh, the Forest VR. This is made by End Night Games LTD. It was released on April 20th in 2018. Uh, I think that's the actual date that it came out of beta and also included the VR version of this. So um, if I'm not mistaken, this is a game that came out in 2014. And, and if I'm correct on the date, this is a game that's a, a 2D. This is a flat game that the developers have then went into a couple years ago and added a VR kind of mod to it. So it's not built from the ground up like Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And it, and it definitely shows. Um, the game right now on Steam is $19.99. It's got like 140,000 at least reviews. I might be light on that. It's, it's, there's a lot to it. Uh, this is a popular flat pancake game that has uh, um, VR kind of modded into it. And even the VR version of it is still says VR beta when you play it. So that's, that's worth noting. All right, this game is another VR or uh, survivor horror game. Uh, the premise behind it is that you start off on an airplane, the, the plane crashes, and you crash land on this desert island. And uh, you're after the races in terms of, of trying to survive. Uh, you have a, a, a kind of a food meter, a water meter, a health meter. You need to grab anything to craft food. Um, you have a crafting book in terms of just even how to craft fire. Uh, you can build a, um, a fort. You can build a house. You can build a, a sled to transport logs from trees that you cut down. Um, you can make clothing. You can make a bow and arrow for hunting. Um, it's just the amount of crafting in the game is just unbelievable. Uh, and, and you just need to survive. You need to feed yourself. You need to go on as, as you deal with the elements. Now, if that's not enough, though, what, what's going on in this game, it's, it's kind of a mystery. So there's other, the other passengers are all seemingly dead, but as you quickly realize, the, there are people on the island, but they're these weird kind of cannibals or mutants that are on the island, these kind of naked figures that run around. And at first, they're kind of just creepily looking at you and kind of keeping their distance, but later on in the game, they start attacking you and you're, and you're fending them off, all right? So... There's that, that that's going on. The game has some objectives that are almost, I, I think the way the game presents is almost suggestions. I'm not even sure what the end game is exactly. Uh, you you are trying to find your son. It says find Timmy. So that's one of the things that's, that's guiding. But first and foremost, you're just trying to survive and explore the island. And what makes this also interesting is that there's these caves that you can kind of go into. And that's when it gets, uh, that's when shit gets real. Let's be honest. So when these caves are dark, You've got maybe a lighter to light your way, 
And there's these weird cannibal guys jumping out at you, which is absolutely frightening in VR and a lot of fun. So that is the premise of The Force. That's the overview and objective of the game. There are a lot of, lot of hours. I mean, dozens and dozens upon hours in The Force uh, based on uh, what I've read and reviews and whatnot. I have got eight hours in the game. What's great about this game, um, as opposed to Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, is it is multiplayer. So you could play at least up to four players in a game. Um, I found getting into a game pretty straightforward. I've been playing with uh, one of my friends. Like I said, I've been playing the game for about eight hours, and uh, we're just having a blast. This is maybe, this is definitely one of my favorite uh, VR multiplayer games. So I'll, I'll get there, but let's uh, let's talk about the graphics. So this is a, a, a pancake game, and from screenshots I saw the pancake game, it looks good. However, because it was a pancake game and not, made for VR from the ground up. It's not optimized. It's very not optimized, in fact. So the first time I played this in VR, it ran terribly. Absolutely just just so bad by the default graphical settings that it set the game at. Like I said, I'm running on a 2080. I got an 8086K CPU. So good machine. Um, the, the, there's a couple tricks I'll tell you guys because you're probably having trouble running it. First of all, go in and knock down every setting in the graphics down to as low as possible. Take off anti-aliasing. I mean, just knock it all down. Then it does a weird thing where it tries to. It also renders to your um, uh, monitor, your display monitor. You want to put the resolution out to six four by four eighty because for whatever reason it has it at a high resolution that it's monitored. It's um, rendering to your monitor, which is obviously competing against your 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 graphics. So your horse, your computer horsepower. So it's in some mess. Once you knock everything down. Yeah, it's not going to look as good, but the game still looks really good. And I've gotten used to it after knocking it down from when you kind of first see the game. Um, it's still one of the best-looking games that you can play in VR, even when everything's at its lowest. So so do that. Otherwise, the game is just going to be... Um, you're going to be going into Reprojection City. It's going to be a mess, and you're not going to enjoy it. So do that. But once you do that, it looks great. The The island is, is lush. There's a lot of different scenery in the island. The caves are, are awesome atmospherically. Um, Walking around for your lighter, when you walk into just this dark area, you might see some candles glowing. You might hear this growl or the weird noises the cannibals make or water dripping or air whirling. Uh, it's it's super fun, man. This I, this makes me wonder, man, if they get to the point where they make this game from the ground up for VR in a few years if somebody tackles this, this is just going to be so damn good. But I am so happy to be playing this kind of VR modded. So, I mean, first of all, kudos to N Night Games for making a... Uh, uh, a VR mod for it. That's that's awesome of them because uh, we get to experience how how this game can be. And, and I can't imagine playing the flat version of this game after being in this game VR. Um, it's just it's just so good. And there's something about survival horror playing with friends that just takes it to the next level. I, I think if you try to play this game by yourself, it's gonna be it's gonna really have the emphasis on the horror aspect and just be truly frightening. There's some disturbing things in there in terms of the mutants and the cannibals and, and how they kind of progress and when you're in the caves. Having a friend along your side can kind of make it much more tolerable. And it's cool when you're trying to talk to your friend, should we build this, should we build that, or let's work on this, let's go chop down trees together and we'll get the sled and we'll haul it back to base. Very cool. I, I, I was not the kind of person who was into crafting and survival games before. I never was really exposed to it. But it's a lot of fun in VR. Um, the controls, they actually have index controls, so you can have finger movement, which is cool. It shows some good attention from the developers. Um, grabbing is kind of cool. You know, you just kind of like 
make a fist and you'll grab objects on the ground. You don't have to necessarily bend down. You kind of got to get close enough to it. There, it, There is a kind of a steep learning curve on trying to figure out what all, all the controls in the game um, do. They do they do kind of show like an outline of the controllers, but I know it took us a while to kind of figure out everything. So so if you be patient, you might spend an hour just trying to figure out the nature of the game and, and all the controls and how to get things to work. You might have to go online and maybe look at forums. Um, but trust me, it's worth the investment. Um, it doesn't hold your hand through any kind of training or anything like that, unfortunately. And again, because it's not built from ground up VR and just kind of VR is pasted on top of it. There is there's a little jankiness, but it's not bad. It's not it's something that you can get through. Right now, I'm playing the game without thinking twice about what I'm doing, so so that's good. I think uh, moving on to the last ability, this is uh this is a game you're gonna get a lot of hours of, or, uh, out of it because it's kind of a self directed game. You know, there's nothing in the game that's that's pushing you forward like Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is 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 kind of guiding you forward, right? Because of the the day and the time system. This is this is just you kind of do what you want on it, which is nice, and I can just see countless hours. I, I'm gonna sink my teeth into this game, and it's it's such a fun game. I can't recommend enough um, getting your friends to get this game and hopping in there together. I don't know how it scales when you have up to four players. It's kind of interesting, but right now two is just a really good number and a, and a great way to play it. I'm gonna give this game an, an eight, and and that's a really strong eight. I think the only reason it's not higher is because it's not built from ground up. So there is um, there is some jankiness in terms of just the graphics. The performance that they have it set by default is not friendly. This is a game that is not friendly to uh, VR beginners. You're going to have to do a lot of tweaking to get it to work. And you might get discouraged at first and think it, it doesn't it doesn't work well. You just got to play with it. And unfortunately, I had to go on forums. I had to read things. I had to learn things. So it, it's going to lose points for that. And it's going to lose points because it's not a physics-based game for VR, right? It's not ground up. But, man, is it so good. And I love the fact, and I said this before, that there are companies that may not have a game that was made for VR, but they took the time to put VR into it. And I think the developers have done a pretty good job with it. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And this is the, the best way to experience this game. There's no doubt um, with the level of immersion, feeling there, feeling the... Um, the anxiety of trying to survive on this island or running low on food or having the cannibals kind of peer at you or making weird noises. It just, it, it's, it's creepy. It's cool. It's fun. Um, that is the forest VR. Check it out. All right. Last but not least, we have echo arena VR. So it, it's, uh, now it's called echo VR. Originally it was echo arena. This game is made by ready at dawn. It came out on July 20th in 2017 it's an Oculus game, uh, but it's completely free, so there's no risk to trying this game. That's the beauty of it. Even though it's an Oculus game that's on the Oculus Store, if you have Revive, if you don't have an Oculus, um, not a problem. Just download the program Revive, and you can play this game, whether you have an Index or uh, HTC Vive or Windows Mixed Reality. So you're, you're good to go. This, uh, so this is a review that applies to anybody with uh, a VR headset. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I just heard it's, I guess, in the alpha state for the Oculus Quest. So once it comes out from the Oculus Quest, man, this is probably going to be easily one of the biggest Quest games for sure. So the overview of this game is this is a, um, I want to call it like a VR sport. I, I, think, it's, I think that's a great way to, to, to frame it. You're in this uh, arena. You have a goal on one end, a goal on the other end, and you're, you're floating in, uh, in, in space. There's objects that you can grab on to propel yourself and move yourself forward. And you have a disc. 
and you're trying to get this disc in the opponent's goal. Uh, the default on it is a three-on-three, -three, although you can do private matches where I think you can do at least a, maybe a five-on-five -five even. Um, and it depends on where you shoot the goal. You can you can take the disc and just drive it in there by by kind of flying through the goal. You can throw it for more more points. You can punch your opponents to kind of stun them and steal the disc. Uh, um, that is that's the game in the nutshell. It sounds pretty pretty simple, pretty easy to understand. What's what's great about this game and and uh, probably because it's free and probably also because it's a great game is there's always people playing it. I have never had a problem finding a match. As soon as the lobby system is great because as soon as you load into it, you're kind of in this this lobby, this this space station or, or deck where you're floating around, where you can go into like a practice arena. Um, practice your skills, practice your throwing, you can customize your character, and there's other people in the lobby as well waiting for games that you can talk to, you can chat with. Um, that's, that's very cool because you're not just staring at a boring menu screen waiting to load into the game. Games on average take five minutes or less to load into it. Um, again, I've, I've never had a problem getting into a match, so this, this game, even though it came out uh, three years ago now almost, is still very popular and that's without even being on the quest. Once it comes out on quests and is crossplay, forget about it. This game is going to be super popular. The only weird thing or the annoying thing about this game is that, I hate to say it, there's a lot of kids that play it. I mean, it's almost like Rec Room, and it, it makes no sense. I get why kids play Rec Room because of the art style of it. I don't get why there's a lot of kids playing this game. It, it's kind of weird. Um, and, you know, truth be told, kids can be super annoying. So just be prepared for that. You can mute them. You can ghost people so you can get around it. It has not prevented me from playing it and enjoying this game, but I just want to give you everybody a fair warning. All right, the graphics in the game, I think, I, man, it, it looks so good. I, I Sometimes I just stare at some of the objects or the way the arena looks. Just really good. Runs really well. I'm, I'm running at 90 frames a second without any problem. Anytime I try to boost it up a little bit more, I run into some reprojection. And because this is a... A, a, a competitive sport, VR sport. I want it to have no reprojection, so perfectly fine at running 90 frames per second. Looks great through Revive, runs great. Um, so graphics sound top notch. I think in terms of sound, the arena announcer could be a little bit better. It's kind of cheesy, annoying, and the goal scoring uh, kind of sound that it makes is kind of this like 90s guitar rift or something that could be better, a little more exciting. But overall, just the, the graphics are very sharp. Looks really, really good on the index. Um, can't ask for much more. The controls. So I, I, I'm in the camp where I really like using the index controls on this. Now, keep in mind, this is a game that are, is made for the uh, the Oculus Touch controllers. So I'm using the index. And the way it works with the index is when you want to grab the disc, you make a fist. And when you want to throw the disc, you, you get into a throwing motion like you're throwing a baseball, and you let go of the disc, and it feels so good. Um, the way you propel yourself around the the arena is you kind of have like a, a burst pack on your back, but some of the best ways is there's some objects in the game that you can grab onto. So again, when I come up to an object, I make a fist of the object, and I push off of that object and let go of my hands, let go of the controller, and I'm off. And I'm off and floating. So I absolutely love, I mean, this this is a game that, seems like it's made for the index. This is a game that is better on the index controllers than it's got to be on the touch just because of what the index controllers can do. Now, I've seen some people on Reddit say I should remap it or, or whatever. I've gotten used to how the default works, and it's a beautiful thing. This game just... It, it, this is where the index controller shines because it leads to this level of immersion where you're literally throwing something by letting go of the controller. Now, a word of caution, 
Um, I've, I've put on kind of the safety straps on my index controllers, which aren't on by default when you get the index controllers. They're included in the index kit. Put those on because, God forbid, the... Um, the original, the, the strap where your kind of goes around your, your the palm of your hand. If, if that breaks, you're going to throw your controller at the wall and break something in your room and break the index controller. So uh, put the safety strap on when you play this game, and then you can just kind of let it rip. Um, but I, I, I love it. I love how this game just works. This is where the index controllers shine as being how VR needs to be and what it needs to be going forward. This is this is the default. So uh, bravo on that. It wasn't, it wasn't made for it, but it just works so damn well. Again, level of immersion is so good by grabbing on objects, pulling off objects. When you see an opponent, you can punch them in, in their head to stun them and try to steal the disc. Uh, immersion is incredible in this game. I can't imagine a, a, a more immersed VR sport than this. It's fantastic. And then the last ability in this game, um, I, I find it very addicting. You you can kind of level up in the game, and uh, there's a matchmaking system that as you level up, it will put you people your skill level. Sometimes matchmaking can just be pretty piss poor, probably because maybe there's not a lot of people on it at a certain time, so it's going to do what it does to to get a match. But I mean, overall, there um there is there is some matchmaking. Thankfully, unlike Pavlov, where it just kind of throws you to the wolves, so that's been good. That helps you progress in the game. I can see my progression as a player. It's a game that's easy enough to understand, but with a high enough skill ceiling and just getting better. And that's to me, is a, a good addicting uh, loop to trying to play and trying to get better and see my progress. Before in this podcast, I've talked about some other VR sports that I really like, like uh, Spark was one of my first loves, and then Racket NX. But out of all of them, this is my favorite because this is a, a team VR sport, whereas the other games are just you versus mano a mano, right? This is working with a team of at least two other people. It's a very satisfying feeling when you're going down court and you make a pass to your teammate and your teammate gets either slam dunk or throws it in for three points or something like that. Um, Very, very satisfying, very fun. And um, I've got a long way to go to getting better at this game. I wish I could say how many hours I put into it, but uh, Revive doesn't track. If I had a guess, probably 15 hours. And I I just want to hop in and get more. Um, it's not a game that I get super sweaty playing like, like some VR sports. So, you know, take it for what it is. Um, but you're definitely going to be moving your body. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that, uh, the fact that this game has been out for three years and is still, there's plenty of people playing it, plenty of new people playing all the time really speaks volumes that this is the, maybe the one VR sport that has some legs. There's a, a VR league for this. I've seen them streaming on Twitch, um, some live matches and again, this has a lot of potential when it finally comes out for Oculus Quest to just explode. So get in on it now. Get a get a head start from all the the, the Quest people and start playing this game. I highly recommend it. Um, mute those kids that are annoying. Don't let them bother you. Don't let them take away from your fun in playing this game. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, to wrap it up, I'm going to give this game, by the way, a, a 9.5. It's damn near perfect. I, I, I struggle to think how it could be better. It's like the perfect VR sport. All right. I'm going to go wrap this up because in 50 minutes... Uh, Half-Life Alex gets gets released. I'm gonna I'm preparing myself. I've downloaded the NVIDIA drivers. I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope everyone is well during this uh, very trying time. Um, we're, we're all sort of affected by this, no matter what, in in some way, shape, or form. So, um, thank God for games. Thank God for uh, uh, developers who should be able to keep on cranking things out, so we can kind of at least distract ourselves from from some of the harsh realities that are going on right now. Um, thank you for listening. Come chat with me. Uh, 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 follow me on Twitter. Um, you can just do a search for VR Gaming Podcast. You'll find me there. 
I think it's uh, at podcast VR. I'm not the most, I'm not, I don't live on Twitter. Maybe make a post once a week. Uh, but I like to see that growing. If you want to help out the channel and you appreciate this, share it with somebody, share it on your feed, share it on your Twitter. Um, post about, tell, tell other VR folks, post it on Reddit, whatever, get the word out there. I am enjoying doing this once a month. Uh, my next podcast will be a review of, of Half-Life Alex. I'm looking forward to that. See, I'm even speeding up of my talk because, man, I'm excited. I'm going to go play. Hopefully everybody has a good time, and I will catch you later.